Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When panic sets in, it's time to pray. If your knees start shaking, kneel on them. Many people worry more than they Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie encourages us to give our worries to God and then have faith that He can handle them. Faith and worry cannot coexist. One drives out the other. They're bad roommates. You have a bad roommate? Oh, I don't know if I can live with this person. See, that's the way it is with faith and worry. When faith comes in, worry says, I'm out of here. This is the day when the lost are found. quote you can find on the internet. In times of trouble, don't give in to your natural reflex of worry. Instead, condition your reflex to pray. It's a meme from a man named Greg Laurie. Well, that same Greg Laurie brings us a complete message on how to turn our worries into prayers today as he continues a new series called Joshua, Living in the Land of Promises. Glad you're along for a new beginning as we learn to awaken our faith and put our worries to bed. Let me start with a question. Have you ever been in a situation where the only way out was God? In other words, if God didn't come through for you, you were dead in the water. Maybe it was a a report from a doctor. They said, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you. Maybe it was a financial catastrophe and you were on the brink of collapse. Maybe it was a death of a loved one. And you thought, I cannot survive this. That's the very situation we find Israel in in the story before us. Now, as we all know, God delivered the Israelites from the land of Egypt. And now he's gonna take them to that land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey, Canaan's land. But the problem is, as they were approaching this land, they were being chased by the Egyptian army. And they found themselves backed up with a Red Sea behind them and a really big army coming toward them. They were literally between the devil and the deep blue sea, between a rock and a hard place. They were basically facing an unconquerable army and an impassable sea. But God was gonna come through for them. And it looked like it was impossible, but the good news is, with God, nothing is impossible. That's what the Bible says. How big is your problem? How big is your obstacle? How big is what it is you are facing? Here's the good news. Your God is bigger than what you're facing. Right? (laughs) Moses' very life showed that God was bigger than any obstacle. I mean, the story opens with the Pharaoh giving an order that all the Jewish baby boys are to be put to death. So go back to Joseph. When Joseph goes to Egypt, ends up in charge of the food supply of the Pharaoh. Now the Jewish race begins to grow and one day this new Pharaoh down the road says, where did all these Jewish people come from? I think they're a threat to us. We need to start getting rid of them. So he said to the midwives who were delivering the babies, if you see a Jewish baby boy coming, drown him in the river. I don't want him. It was almost like a precursor 
to Hitler's final solution where he was trying to eradicate the Jewish people. But those Jewish ladies would have nothing to do with that. And one of those little baby boys that was born was Moses. And it's interesting that because the Bible says he was a beautiful baby. You know, not every baby is beautiful. I mean, now look, in a broad sense, all babies are beautiful. But let's be honest, some babies are a little more attractive than others. And someone would say, look at my baby. You go, wow, well, he looks very healthy. Um, but then there are beautiful babies, right? You look, well, that's a beautiful baby. That's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. So this beautiful baby boy, Moses, is put in this little basket. You've heard of Noah's Ark. It was like Moses' Ark, but it was little. Covered in pitch so it would stay afloat. She taps it. It goes down the Nile River. As if on cue, the beautiful baby Moses cries and the daughter of the Pharaoh sees him and says, I'm adopting that little guy. And now he's taken into the court of the Pharaoh. He's living in the very lap of luxury. The world was his oyster, schooled in the finest university, eating the finest food, wearing the most amazing clothes. He had it all. In fact, some believe that he would have become the next Pharaoh had he played his cards right. But underneath those Egyptian royal robes beat the heart of a Hebrew. And he saw how horribly his people were being treated. The Jews were slaves to the Egyptians. So one day, Moses, the prince of Egypt, sees an Egyptian beating a Jewish man. And he looks to the right and he looks to the left. And he kills the Egyptian. And then buries his body in the sand. If you're gonna murder someone, don't bury them in the sand. First of all, don't murder anyone. Okay, let's just establish that. <laughs> Thou shalt not murder, I've heard that. But, but don't hide someone in the sand because the little breeze blew and everyone knew Pharaoh was so outraged, he put a contract out on Moses, and Moses now flees to the desert. For 40 years, he's in the desert, watching over a flock of sheep. And now God was going to retool him. God was going to recall him. Moses spent 40 years in the Pharaoh's court, finding out he was a somebody. He spent 40 years in the desert, finding out he was a nobody. And he found out what God can do with someone who is a somebody who realizes they're a nobody. God was gonna use Moses in a powerful way. So he goes in to see the Pharaoh. He demands the release of the Jews. The Pharaoh resists, but after a series of plagues came upon Egypt, finally Moses is leaving Egypt with the Jewish people, thousands and thousands of them. He could have said along with Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. So off they go. But interestingly, the Lord did not direct them in a direct route to the land of promise. He led them through a much harder, longer route that in many ways made no sense. But in fact, it was part of God's plan. And it's explained in Exodus 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, God said, if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So the Lord led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. We'll stop there. God did not lead them the shortest way or the easiest way, but it was the best way. The best way. And God always leads us in the best way. And there was an amazing GPS system the Lord set up. I talked about this last time. It was a cloud by day. It was a fire by night. So when the cloud moved, you moved. When the cloud stopped, you stopped. Same with the fire. I have a love-hate relationship with GPS. 
Like uh, there have been times I'm driving in my car, going down the freeway, and the GPS says, turn right at the next off-ramp. I'm like, you don't turn right at the next off-ramp. You stay on the 405. Turn right at the next off-ramp. Turn, okay, finally I turn off. And now pull over to the street. Okay, go left, go right, go. Now get out of your car, jump up and down three times. Wait, what? <laughs> go in the In-N-Out Burger, order something, take the food and leave without paying. Get arrested. Wait, who's programming this? So then recently I was driving and I programmed my destination and my GPS and I'm cruising along on the 55 freeway and the GPS says, turn right at the next off ramp. I know you don't turn right at the next off ramp. So I kept going straight and I hit traffic. Oh, and I thought GPS was trying to help me. So I had to apologize to artificial intelligence. I'm sorry, GPS. But listen, God, God's GPS is always right. It will never mislead you. We have something better than a cloud in the day and a fire by night. We have Christ living inside of us, guiding us through the Word of God. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today we're walking beside Moses on the way to the Promised Land, but the Egyptian army is in hot pursuit. It's a critical time to uncover God's will. Pastor Greg's study is called Between Impossible and More Impossible. You want to know the will of God, study the Word of God. God will never contradict His Word. And that's how we know what right and wrong are. And we have something better than a fire in the sky. We have the fire of the Holy Spirit empowering us to do His will. And we have His peace that will help us to know which way to go. Isaiah 55 says, He shall go forth with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I love that. Trees clapping hands. Mountains singing. But notice it says, You go forth with joy and you're led in peace. I found when I'm in the will of God, I have joy. I found when I'm in the will of God, I have peace. And there are times I might be in a situation or it could be a relationship or something else, where you don't feel a peace about it. The Bible says, let the peace of God settle with finality all matters that arise in your minds. And the Holy Spirit, through His peace, will show us things to do and things not to do. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your own ears will hear Him right behind you. The voice will say, this is the way you should go whether you go to the right or the left. Okay, so here now are the Israelites, and God's gonna lead them through the Red Sea. Let's go to Exodus 14, verse three. Here's what happens. The Lord is saying, the Pharaoh's gonna think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, the Lord says, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, and he'll chase after you. I plan this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. What kind of a military strategy is this? Okay, so the Pharaoh's gonna think you're all gonna die because you're backed up against the Red Sea. That's the plan. So what do we do? You just stand there, look like prey to a predator. And he, he's gonna go for this. He's gonna go for this hook, line, and sinker. And sure enough, that's what the Pharaoh did. He heard about the Israelites. He says, let's go kill them. See, the Pharaoh's heart was hard. That verse says that his heart would be hard. You know what's interesting? In the book of Exodus, miracle after miracle was done to convince Pharaoh. Moses walked in. 
threw his staff on the ground. It turns into a snake, probably a cobra. He picks it up by the tail. By the way, never pick up a snake by its tail. Always get him right behind the head because if you pick him up by the tail, he'll strike. He picks up his stick, or a snake rather. It turns into a stick again. Plagues of frogs, plagues of lice, the Nile River turning to blood. All of these things happen to convince Pharaoh when we read, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Then we read, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Wait, what? That's a contradiction. No, it isn't. Both things are true. You see, Pharaoh hardened his heart repeatedly and the Lord effectively hardened his heart, meaning he strengthened it. God will not force you to believe. If you put your faith in Christ and follow him, he will strengthen you in that commitment. But if you go against God's will in a continual pattern of sin, you'll be strengthened in that as well. And Pharaoh effectively went beyond the point of no return. There is a point of no return. Jesus spoke of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is the unforgivable sin. You say, oh man, I might have blasphemed him sometime in my life. No, it doesn't mean you insulted the Holy Spirit once. The work of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin and bring us to Christ. To blaspheme or to insult him means to reject the work he has come to do. So the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or the unforgivable sin is the rejection of Christ. Every other sin can be forgiven if you repent of it. But if you reject Jesus Christ, the Bible says, how can you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? The Pharaoh had gone beyond the point of no return. So now here are the Israelites. They're facing the Red Sea. Here comes the armies of Egypt. What do they do? What would you have done? You would have done exactly what they did. They freaked out. Look at Exodus 14.10. As the Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they said, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Here, here was their problem. They always wanted to go back to Egypt. The whole time they're in the wilderness, even though the Lord's providing them this amazing food called manna and leading them with the ultimate GPS system and everything's taken care of, they're always saying, oh, I don't know. I kind of wish I was in Egypt still. I miss the good old days back in Egypt. You know, it's just a thing they kept going back to. It took one night to get Israel out of Egypt. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. And so they blamed Moses, verse 11. They said to Moses, why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness? Wow. That brings us to our next point, point number three. When facing an impossible and more impossible situation, pray. When facing an impossible and more impossible situation, pray, call out to God. Yes, they freaked out, but they also prayed. Look at verse 11. They cried out to the Lord and said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Now, they were complaining in their prayer. Listen to this. Did you know it's okay to complain in a prayer? Oh, that's sacrilegious. Excuse me, have you ever read the Psalms? David did a lot of griping. But he didn't cry out against God, he cried out to God. Even Jesus hanging on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So bring your complaints, bring your questions to the Lord, but the key is bring them to the Lord. That's what they're doing, Lord help us. We don't like this one bit. And they prayed. And that's what we need to do. When panic sets in, it's time to pray. If your knees start shaking, 
kneel on them. Faith and worry cannot coexist. One drives out the other. They're bad roommates. You have a bad roommate? Oh, I don't know if I can live with this person. You see, that's the way it is with faith and worry. When faith comes in, worry says, I'm out of here. And worry comes in, faith is like, I can't live here. Faith overcomes worry. That's why it says in Philippians 3, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Solid counsel and encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie based on a riveting account that we read in the book of Exodus. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg returns with more insight from this engaging message called Between Impossible and More Impossible. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Between Impossible and More Impossible. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 